How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. You're listening to The Extra Point Show with Sal Capaccio and Sneaky Joe DiBiase on WGR Sports Radio 550. All right, rolling along here on a Thursday morning on The Extra Point show on WGR Sports Radio 550. Sal Capaccio, Sneaky, Joe DiBiase. Uh, Joe, I'd be remiss if I didn't start off this morning with just the um, thank you to so many of you out there. Uh, appreciate the um, well wishes, warm wishes, condolences. Uh, yesterday we had to say goodbye to our dog, Roxy. I tweeted mm-hmm. something about it, put it out on social media. I've talked about her before here. I, You know, and I would um, endorse JD Brick fencing. We'll talk about, you know, having the fence and have her out there. She was part of that kind of the ad. So, mm-hmm. you know, she's just been a part of our lives in so many ways. And, you know, I know you have your dog, Finn, and, um, mm-hmm. you know, they're just such a part of our family and our lives. And I'm, you know, I'm sad. I'm sad. Our, our hearts are, are broken. And here and I talk to you today, and I, I, I'm, I'm more of a, I try to yeah. always be positive and optimistic in, in most things in life. So, you know, I think what will carry me through here uh, for the next little while is just all the awesome times and how great of a dog she was and, and what kind of life she gave us. Yeah, it's tough. We were, we were thinking of you. We I saw that you tweeted that out yesterday um, or last night and just like, oh, heartbreaking. Dogs are the best. Dogs yeah. are just the best. And my, my mom has a boxer, so that hits home, too, for me, too. So, you know, definitely, yeah. definitely thinking of you guys. You could have um could have big debates on which dogs are the best, but I'm a boxer guy. I love boxers. We had a boxer American bulldog mm-hmm. named Willis before uh and yeah, kind of after Willis McGahey, but my, my wife's a big Bruce Willis fan, so we would say, Okay, well Bruce Willis Willis McGahey, but uh had him for he he was with us for about eight years, um and we we had to say goodbye to him and then it was one of those deals, Joe, where you know, you're like, Yeah, we can't have one. We just have too much going on. Can't have a dog. We got pregnant with Max right after Willis, mm-hmm. and I we were never not going to get a dog. Like, okay, we got this baby coming, and dude, my wife every day was like sending me things she'd find online. Look at this dog. Look, at this. I'm like, what are you doing to me? <laughs> and finally, there's Roxy, right? And she yeah. wasn't named Roxy when we got her, but you know, and and I'm like, all right. So then we got her, and it was great. But that's what you do. So I'm sitting here telling you right now, I don't have any plans to get another dog for a while. But mm-hmm. I would not be stunned if like six months from now, you and I are talking. I'm like, oh yeah, you got another one. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> right. Boxers are goofy too, I would say. 
You know, you know, some are different, I'm sure, but I feel like from my experience, yeah. they're uh, goofy in a in a good way, in a fun way. I think usually is the uh, yeah the, the word I would think of. What kind? What kind of dog is Finn? He's a golden doodle. Also goofy in his own way. Golden doodle. He's a golden doodle. Yeah. Although well, he's not are, golden. Right? He's not golden. What's the doodle part? The doodle part is what, a what, poodle. Yeah, so what? What is that? He's a golden retriever and a poodle. Oh, I didn't know that. The poodle part makes it so he doesn't shed. It's perfect. Perfect for uh, not having to clean up hair in the house. <laughs> I will tell you, my son, Max, loves golden retrievers and loves corgis. Oh, They're okay. Corgis, right? You yeah, yeah. Little legs. They're fun. And, and I'm like, yeah. I mean, look, I love any dog, but I'm like, yeah. But... So, so when the time, if it ever comes... We mm-hmm. might have a little bit of going on in our house of what what breed you right. get, you know what I mean? Because I'm I'm a boxer guy, so yeah. There, no matter what you get, though, right? They're just they're there's just such a oh yeah a great joy to have around. So thank you everybody for um you know reaching out. Anybody who did, and I really appreciate that. Uh, put some pictures up of her yesterday and and last night. Last night was a tough night, um, but you know we're doing better today, and we're and we're we're doing well. And um, you know we'll we'll obviously remember all the great moments. The Bills made some coaching staff changes yesterday, and. I've been really thinking about this a lot over the last 24 hours, which is basically, I I think it's interesting. The not you know, the Ronald Curry hire is interesting, right? Because it's Ronald Curry. Mm-hmm. Joe, they hired a guy, Jamila Dye, mm-hmm. to fill a position they didn't have on staff. Do you know the Bills did not have a cornerbacks coach before yesterday? I didn't. They now have a cornerbacks. Coach. Not know that they had what a defensive. Backs coach that handled it all, or what did they have? They had, interestingly enough, and I can also confirm it's been reported, John Butler is no longer with the organization. Mm-hmm. John Butler was the secondary coach slash passing game coordinator for the defense. He oversaw it all. But you know what else they had? Mm-hmm. A safeties coach. They did not have a cornerbacks coach until now. Now they have a safeties and a cornerbacks coach. Did they also have a nickelback now, coach? I'm not saying... They did two years ago. They did two not have ago. one last year. Okay. Yes. Yes. Uh, they did not have a dedicated Nichols coach last year. They did have one two years ago. Now, I, now of course, John Butler could have worked with the cornerbacks, right? I mean, that he could have been mm-hmm. the, you know, the he, he could have been done. But it wasn't his official title. He oversaw it all. It's like it's like when a coordinator is also working with quarterbacks. Well, you're also the, you're the coordinator. You're overseeing everything. You got to have somebody kind of doing a lot of that. John Butler didn't have cornerbacks coaching his title, so. Yeah, I, I mean, I know he yeah. worked with the corners. They did have a safeties coach last year. This is a brand new position they are hiring this year. And, Joe, to me, maybe I'm reading too much into this. You tell me. I think this has a lot to do with Kyrie Elam. Hmm. Yeah? His lack of development. He needs more development. We put a first-round pick into this kid. We got to see this through. And I think that's why you have a cornerbacks coach dedicated to that now. I could get there. Uh, uh, one of the reasons. I could I could I could totally get there. Where you see the talent, you see the flashes mm-hmm. of what he can do in a game when he's out there, but they don't have that level of trust with him to have him out there consistently unless there's injuries. So it could be hey right, an element of let's get someone else in here to work with him. And maybe that will go better. Kind of a, a change of scenery for Kyrie Elam without giving him a change of scenery, if you will. 
Because that, mm-hmm. that gets said all the time, right? Hey, maybe all the guy needs is a change of scenery. And he goes to a different team with different coaches, and then it works out in what usually gets credited for why the guy developed. Oh, he had that change of scenery. It, it could I don't know it, but it could be the Bills trying to recreate that like in their own building for him. Agreed 100%. Now, I mean, we're, we can you know kind of de- speculate, think about how all this went down, what the reasons are. John Butler mutually parting ways with the team, as was reported by Jace Gursky and Elena Getzenberg yesterday. Like I said, I know that he is no longer part of the organization. I, can you see something like, this is just me speculating. I don't know, haven't had anything confirmed to me or told to me exactly how this went down. But, Joe, the, the pieces are starting to line up that, to me, you may have had to... If you're if you're Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean, mm-hmm. you may have had to understand that you were going to lose two out of the three coaches, meaning Eric Washington, John Butler, and Bob Babich, Bobby Babich. Yeah. Depending on which ones you did not give the defensive coordinator job to, this is what it sounds like to me. It feels like to me that Washington and Butler probably wanted the defensive coordinator job. One was the assistant head coach, for crying out loud, right? Yep. One yep. was the passing game coordinator. The other was the linebackers coach. He winds up getting the job. The other two do not. And this is a business where if you want to advance, and there it is right for you, there it is, in your own building, yep. you can grab it, and you're not given that opportunity, you may feel like you have to go somewhere else to get it. Yeah. This feels to me like that's probably what happened here in some capacity. Yeah, I I I think Butler. Did you see John Butler's tweet uh, last or this last night. Last I did. night, I did, I did, it, and I I think this is part of it. Go yeah, ahead. Yeah, like I I kind of think he's doing this a little bit. He's telling you like, hey, he doesn't directly say it, but I'm if you need a coordinator or you need to be thinking about a future coordinator or someone with an elevated position, like I'm your guy. Butler tweeted statistics with rank from my 6 years at Buffalo as the defensive backs coach and he goes through eight players or eight stats points yards per game yards per play takeaways passing yards per game passing yards per play quarterback rating and then 20 plus yard pass rate and where the bills ranked in those areas while he's been the coach second first first second first 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 mm-hmm. and he tweeted that and then said ask any db i have coached he doesn't say what to, what to ask them. He just says, ask them. But what do we think he probably means? Like, hey, if you're a team that needs a guy out there to run your secondary and think about, you know, someone that can move up, isn't that kind of what he's... I mean, he he's sounding like, to me, someone that is thinking about his career in the way yes. you, you put it. And, right, if Bobby Babbage got the coordinator there. position, then I could see why he would, you know, be motivated for a change, too. He's putting his resume out there, right? That's what he's doing here. John Butler. And he, he my six years as Bill's DB coach, Buffalo as the DB coach. And you're right. He puts yep. together all these stats. He puts it out there and he, he talks about, and I think a couple other tweets, if you go back and player development. And yes, that's true. I, I don't want to take anything away. I think he did a very good job with that group. I'll also say when he was hired too, let's remember Bobby Babbage was here when Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde were here and helped develop them. So you know, Bobby Babbage has a good track record, too. This is not necessarily one, oh, my God, one's better than the other. You stink. This mm-hmm. is, I got to make a tough call. If I'm Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott, I got to make a tough call on who's going to be the new defensive coordinator. And it might come down to, who do I not want to lose, Joe? Because if Bobby Babbage is getting interviewed, I didn't hear about John Butler getting interviewed for D.C. jobs. 
Now I know Eric right. Washington did because he took one. But this might have come down to, a, I don't want to lose Bobby Babbage, and he might go to Miami. He might go to the Giants. He might go to the Packers. I can't do that. I'm sorry, John Butler. You've done a really good job, right? But I, I got to keep this guy in my building. And oh, by the way, we mm-hmm. use a first-round pick on a guy in Kyrie Elam that's in your position group. This is not a sixth-rounder. It's not a seventh-rounder. And yes, he developed Christian Bedford, and he should be. And I'm not trying to, again, down Bobby uh, John Butler. I'm saying what mm-hmm. what this could have come down to was the Bills saying that's that's a big reason. Like, we have a sunken cost in a first-round pick, and we can't have that. So that's one of the reasons we have to, ma- we have to make this decision, too. And that, maybe that's what he's told. And I do think they would still be motivated to get Kyrie Elam into a position where he is a regular starter for the Bills. Yes. I don't know that they need it on the short term. Because you do have Benford, who I thought had a very strong season, and Rasul Douglas, who was playing at an all-pro level once he got here. But Douglas is nearing 30 years old. like He's on the back half of his career for sure, and there might be a future for him down the road where he gets extended, I I would believe, but maybe further down the road is even getting a position switch. And Elam's got two more years left in his rookie deal. And at the moment, he's in no position, I think, to, of course, you know, be thinking about fifth-year option or big contract extension or anything of the like. But you see the talent flashes. He's still only—we used to do it with Tremaine Edmonds. We might as well do it with Kyrie Elam. He's still only 22 years old, by the way, which is younger than some guys that will be drafted this April. And— I've pointed out there, there are some numbers that point to he's really only had one, maybe two bad games. One was really bad, Jacksonville, that that he's really played a lot in, in his first two seasons. So, you look at it, and Douglas is almost 30. Tredavious White is now coming off, a, is going to be coming off a second major injury, and he's got contract questions to go through as well. So you've got Benford, but you're short, all I would want to say on this is, your short term looks very strong to me at that position, mm-hmm. but the future long term is still pretty much up in the air. And I think they would be a lot more secure if they if they had more confidence that they were going to get something out of Kyrie Elam. Agreed with that. So I this is this is interesting to me because now you're actually bringing some <laughs> excuse me somebody who and you know Jamila Die by the way is a young guy. Has no NFL coaching experience, which is very interesting. Right. Miami, coming right? Coming from the college University, ranks, University right? yeah, Miami. Miami. Yeah, I think he was at Georgia before that. I think of what yes. I read. Yes. Yep. Um, Miami and Georgia, and again, and you know that that's that's great and good for him. But it is interesting here. Maybe I'm reading too much into it. I think this is for them to say we're going to hire a specific cornerbacks coach, and to have a guy exit who's been here and was in charge of that group that the first round pick hasn't become what they envisioned kind of ties some things to me here about how the bills are approaching. And that's interesting. What a business, right? I mean, it's, it's Joe, I'll tell you, I have friends in the coaching business and it's just, it is, it's tough. It's cutthroat. It's, um, it's very obviously results oriented. What have you done for me late? You never know. I mean, you have to maybe move. I have a friend that was a wide receivers coach in college and he moved like, to four different cities in six years. And he's like, I can't do this anymore. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, the coaching business is tough. And I I think, and you're not going to get, I mean, I don't think we're going to get John Butler tweeting out about, you know, all the details and what happened and mad at the organization. And if they mutually parted ways, then he's got some say in this too. They could have very well said, yeah, you know, I mean, we, we're not going to give you the, 
defensive coordinator's job, but you know, we love what you're doing. And he could have said, I, I yeah, guess what? I, I can't do that. I'm hitting my head against the ceiling here. And maybe that's why he left, but he wants to show what he's done with the guys who he has coached for the last several years. Yeah. I, I, I'm optimistic about how this could go. I wonder if their defensive backs will also play any differently. I don't know that I need that. They've had most... Right, Elam's like the only guy that really hasn't seemed comfortable in the way they play. Otherwise, everybody else has come through those doors in the last seven years. I mean, they've gotten the most out of. It's become a thing, really, that... Like, how important... I've said this in the past. How important is cornerback, too, when every single person they ever put in there performs? Um, Mm Mm-hmm. And, and including like Josh Norman at one point in time, like at the end of his career, maybe not this year, but a couple of years ago, um, they've they've been always been fine. Levi Wallace for years, but they've always kind of had this: keep everything in front of you, don't let anything big over the top of you go go past you. You know, good tackling, not a lot of penalties. Um, like they've had this way of going about their their defensive back, their cornerbacks especially. And Elam is such a different breed, I think, for what they've been that I wonder if a different coach for that position will will we see any big changes in how they play, or even yep. a, even it could be a modest change. They they're not a team that really tries to ball hawk all that much. Like the Cowboys are a defense that for years have been like the the peak example of that. Which is, it can go really well, you get a bunch of pick sixes, you get a bunch of interceptions, and then you also get a lot of big plays over the top. And you also now are not going to have Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer playing at all pro levels, or even on the team at all, that can cover up for you if you make a mistake, Mm -hmm. because you went out for an interception. So, I'll be curious. Maybe there's no change at all, but I think that will be, as much as like a Joe Brady, you know, conversation in the offseason will be like, how different will the offense look? I'll want to keep an eye out for... Do they play their corners any differently with different defensive coaches now than than they have in the past? You're an Elam truther. You're you're I, a, you you yeah you're like an Elam truther. I don't. I really don't think he's that bad. I think that he gets a lot of polarization because of where he was drafted, and I think because he you already know the Bills don't fully trust him. I think you're more readily looking for things that Elam does and you'll remember them. And I I do the same thing. Like, I remember mistakes he's made. But then you look back at the end of the day, and I should just pull this up because I looked this up in December, that when you look at the production at the end of it, he's pretty much the same player as Christian Benford. I don't know if they do it the same way, but target percentage in in their first two years, Elam 12.7, Benford 12.8. Yards per target given up, Elam 8.7, Benford 8.8. Missed tackle percentage, Elam 10.4, Benford 10.7. And Benford actually has a higher rate of penalties than Elam does. And picks go to Elam too. So, again, I don't know, is that though because Elam's playing a different style that they want than Benford? I, I don't know what goes into that. But I have never thought that the player was all that bad. I thought he's been fine. Um, I, I think Benford, a big reason why he hasn't been playing the last two years, I think in a different alternate universe, maybe he's just in the games and we think of him as a pretty good corner, maybe not as good as we would have wanted, but Christian Benford showed up and was really good and he's been starting. If Benford didn't exist or they had picked a kicker in that, with that six round pick 
instead of Christian Benford, I think that the story would be a little bit different about Kyrie Elam in the last two years. Very interesting. We'll see where it goes, but the Bills did make some changes yesterday, and they hired two people from the outside, three actually. They also hired a uh, coach named Christian Taylor by the name of Christian Taylor, who is uh, now going to be part of the defensive quality control. That's his title, defensive quality control coach. And, of course, Jamil Adai, we just said, is now the new cornerbacks coach. Ronald Curry, the new quarterbacks coach, this after a couple of internal promotions and hires. We're going to talk with Thad Brown at 11.05 today. Uh, just get uh, Thad's thoughts on everything going on. He was tweeting about it yesterday as well. We'll get his thoughts on some of the other things going on in the NFL, the Bills offseason, and then the Super Bowl. In the meantime, let's get connected with our fans right here. Gary in Kenmore. Hi, Gary. You're on WGR. Go ahead. It's, it's Jerry. But you know what's funny is um, I have the same exact feeling on, on, on Elam that – not that he's bad. He's just bad for McDermott. McDermott doesn't like inconsistency. Like, how would he handle McDermott, Trevon Diggs? Diggs is the worst corner in the league against the run, the worst corner in the league against the pass, but he gets 10 picks. So, so he's a highlight reel guy. Um, he just doesn't fit in what McDermott wants. Look at the way he's handled young players. You, you're not allowed to make mistakes. You know, you're punished for mistakes. And Elam's going to make mistakes, but he's made two of the biggest plays in our history, you know, the past two years. The, wow. In the Miami game, he made a great play. He made a great play in, in the Pittsburgh game. You know, if you had a list of top 40 plays in the last two years that changed games, he might have two of them. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I can get there quicker than two of the biggest plays in franchise history. That was a, that's a little much, but sure. Two of the best 40, maybe. Um, I I don't fully agree. I think James Cook's an example of a guy that's been young and inconsistent, and he's hit the bench a couple of times, but there are a lot of other examples of guys that go right in and don't come out, even when they make some mistakes. So I do think that is something that some gets over-talked about, even if there might be a little bit of truth to some of it. But I I wouldn't argue... Because I just went through like the numbers and how like the production at the end of the day comes out the same, but how they get there, you know, that could be that could be a part of this, right? Where Benford is, I don't think certainly more consistent at the end of the day. You might get more splash plays from Elam. You might get more high level plays from Elam, but if you get more low level plays too, that's not just a McDermott thing, though. I I think that's a natural coaching thing in general, right? Like a guy that gives you a lot of ups and downs is going to keep a coach on edge at all times because you're just so worried that that one play where he bites because he thinks he could pick the quarterback and uh oh, there's a pump fake and now it's a 70 yard touchdown against me at the worst moment possible, you know, in a playoff game with minutes to go. I, I I can listen to why he hasn't played over Benford, even though I think Elam's pretty good, because I don't think you have those same concerns with a Christian Benford. Yeah, what's interesting to me, and I, Jerry, I don't completely disagree with you either. Like I, I think that's right. Like Sean McDermott wants consistency, no doubt about it. I think that's exactly right. But I would point out, too, Russell Douglas is kind of in this mold of these guys we're talking about, isn't he? he, he He's is, a risk taker. Yeah. He, but he's he's like he just hasn't been beaten for right. the big play that makes you go oh well that's why we can't do it 
but he's a risk taker. Right. I, I would want to. I haven't watched him enough to know like what he was like in Philly and Green Bay, but I feel like he does the perfect fine. He does the perfect tightrope of he takes chances, but he's also very good at not getting destroyed over the mm-hmm. top. If if you know what I mean. Like there are some corners I think that have. Like, what is it with Douglas? Douglas is, it's like that mental game where he's so quick, where he could read things. I don't think it, it's because he's like a super, a super athlete, you know, like the most athletic corner in football. Um, I think there's a lot of mental that has to be there when you play that style. And maybe that's where the concern is with Elam. Like, is so much relying on his athleticism to play that way that it can cause more mistakes? Because Douglas... Right, he he picks it off. He's a ball hawk, but at least in a short time with the Bills, I can't think of a play where like he he got he got caught and got beat over the top. No, I agree. That's right. It is interesting. I I think the moves yesterday, this uh, move, and you're right. He's on a rookie contract. He's got two more years. I mean, maybe we could, Joe. I wouldn't doubt. I think we're going to be here in the summer at some point talking about are they going to trade Kyrie Lum. Because I don't think he's walking in and starting over Douglas or Benford or even no. Jackson necessarily or even Tredavious White to start training camp or to start you know OTAs. We're well, going to be having this same conversation we had last year. But I think the organization, yeah. to me, what it signifies is they still have a very vested interest in seeing this through. Yeah. My big question with him this offseason isn't whether he'll start. I don't think there's any way he'll start. If everybody's healthy, you're starting corners day one. Well, I shouldn't say that because if everybody's healthy, includes Tre'Davious White. I'm tech, I'm not anticipating that. So let's take White out for a second here. If everybody's healthy, your starting corners are Rasul Douglas and Christian Benford. So to me, the next question becomes: Do you trust Kyrie Elam enough to let Dane Jackson walk? To let Dane Jackson go and say, "All right, we might not trust you enough to start you, but we have enough trust for you to be our immediate backup to those two. And right. that that would be if White is also injured. And, I mean, I can get there. I don't need him to play over Benford. I love Elam, I, or I like Elam a lot. I don't need to play him over Benford. I don't need to play him over Douglas. I think he's good enough to be their number three corner, but my curiosity will be whether the Bills think he can be their number three corner. John Butler also tweeted yesterday a couple of replies. He actually had the same reply to a couple of tweets. He said, we had the best secondary in the NFL over the last six years, measured by every critical defensive metric. We had two separate DBs lead the league in DB tackling efficiency, uh, Dane mm-hmm. Jackson and Christian Benford. This year, Christian Benford and Russell Douglas led the NFL in takeaway plays. And then he said, come on, oh. man, it ain't hard to see. What does that mean? I guess I don't know who he's arguing against, because right. is there, I don't know what the tweet he was in response to, does anybody think there were a they couple. haven't? There was one from Cover One, and, and, okay. and they were just showing kind of what their what uh, the, the, the just a, just saying, hey, they had a really good year. Maybe yeah. there's going to be some changes. That was one. He also had another one to someone else, which said the same thing at the end, which was, "Come on, man, it ain't hard to see." Yeah, I mean, maybe it's just bitterness that he didn't get a promotion or something, or more interest around the league. Even it doesn't have to be just the Bills because of how well it's gone. Because. I don't see anybody lining up to counter-argue that, right? Like, no. we, we've all seen it. Everybody knows they've had an incredible rate of success against other quarterbacks, against, you know, opposing passing defenses in the, for the last seven years. So I, I might want to guess that that's what's happening there is, hey, what's going on here? I've got the best secondary in football for seven years, and I can't get a promotion here or somewhere else. Um, 
Because, again, I don't think there's any case at all that, that it hasn't been true that they have one of the best secondaries in football. We, uh, we'll get to another question about Elam when we come back, but also something interesting on the Sabres that came up yesterday I want to talk about. We'll do that. We have Thad Brown at the top of the hour. And uh, Thad, you know, he's in Rochester, so we can actually ask him a couple questions about the uh, prospects that are down there because we're starting to shift our attention given, given the way the uh, Sabres season is going. In the meantime, got a lot more of your uh, phone calls on the way as well. 803-0550. Thanks for joining us today on the Extra Point Show on WGR. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast looking to his left fires to the corner of the end zone and it's picked off by Kyer elam he snuck under the route and picked it off in the end zone Welcome back, Kyir Elam. Chris Brown of the Buffalo Bills Radio Network. That was against the Pittsburgh Steelers in the playoff game against Mason Rudolph. Remember last year in the playoff game against the Dolphins, he had the game-changing interception that you know kind of propelled the Bills to retake that lead. This one was big because the Bills were up a couple scores. Steelers were about to score a change there. Then the Bills went down and scored another touchdown. If you remember that play, Joe, not taking anything away from Kyrie, you got to make the play. It almost kind of like he turned his head around and the ball hit him like he snuck up on him almost. But he made a great play to hold on to it, obviously, and get his feet in. Yeah. That play, to me, was showing off his man coverage skills a little bit. I don't even know if he was in man coverage, but 
Deontay Johnson ran a comeback route and stopped on a dime. Mm-hmm. Like it was a great route. Like he ran it exactly how he was supposed to. Um, Elam was just so quick on the break that right, like it, he surprised himself with like the fact that the ball was even there because it was like a timing route. <laughs> right. And like yes. Rudolph threw the ball before Johnson was looking to be able to get to that spot. I mean, that's that's the. That's the flash that I talk about. Like you, that ability mm-hmm. is in there. It's just can somebody figure out how to get that consistently? We also know he was dealing with a foot injury last year. I'm glad you mentioned that about man to man because Michael tweets into us. This is getting connected with our fans. It's brought to you by Northtown Kia, Western New York's number one Kia dealer. Shop online at NorthtownKia.com. Michael says, I think we've all heard and it's said that Elam isn't that good in zone. He's better in man. Zone is something we run a lot of, which doesn't make sense. Why do we draft a man corner if we run zone more? Does this hold any weight? I think it does a little bit, Michael. But to me, Joe, it's I think they thought he could play zone. It's just that he had to be refined there more. He was more of a man guy. I also think the Bills planned on playing a little more man to man last year, which they did, by the way. Right. Yep. And and that was last year. Now, granted, the year before is when Kyrie Elam was drafted. Yes, Michael, I agree with you that he was not necessarily the biggest scheme fit. But you know what? I think they loved his athleticism, mm-hmm. his coachability, and you rely on your coaches and the development. And he, they figured he probably wouldn't have to play right away. But now we're in a spot, Joe, where he's got to make that progression. And it, there's got to be some sort of coming together here between the two. I remember Bean talking about Elam last spring. And talking about how, like, I wish he, I think he said, I wish I could tell you it's because he's not working hard enough. Like, cause then you'd right. have an explanation as to why. I don't know if he was talking about this element of it specifically, but why it's not necessarily meshing here. Because I remember the video of when they drafted him, the meeting of he wanted, like, he wanted the playbook on the plane and, like, all the DNA that they would like in a draft pick. The guy had it. Like he gave the impression of a player that he might not know how to run this defense or play in a defense like this right away, but this dude's gonna work his butt off and he's gonna get there. He I think it sounds like has. It just still hasn't necessarily worked. And I guess like what what are you supposed to do about that? They were chasing a player that had a different type of skill set than they had at a very important position. What were they shooting for? I can't blame them for it. What they were shooting for was, if we get this guy some experience in our style of defense, and he can do well enough at it, and now we get all of this extra athletic ability, the range, the ability to intercept the ball, the ability to line up a a number one receiver man-on-man if we want to run a blitz. like He's got a different type of skill set than we currently have. I think that's what they were shooting for. They probably missed, and I. but I still don't blame them for the idea of, let's draft a guy that doesn't have a lot of experience in what we're doing, but it's because of the upside of what happens if, if we get him to do it. You know what's amazing as you talk about that? I'm thinking about it's exactly what they got in Russell Douglas. Right? Right, pretty I much. Mean, are they, right? I think that's exactly what it is, like that kind of guy. You, he can play. Yeah, we're getting the upside, and he can fit it. He's a better man-to-man guy, but he totally fits into what we do zone-wise. Nick in Rochester. Go ahead, Nick. You're on WGR. Hey, guys. Love the show. Um, Thank you. Back in, two, back in 2011, we drafted Aaron Williams out of Texas as a cornerback, and he struggled for a couple of years, and they moved him to safety. And if it wasn't for a neck injury, he would have probably been a seven- or eight-year starter at safety. 
I mean, I'm not an expert, but is there any thought of them moving Elam to safety considering he's a big guy, six foot one, 190 pounds? Is there any thought of moving him to safety since he's got four people ahead of him at cornerback that he's got to beat out? We, 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 we've, we've had this uh, a question come up quite often, Nick, and my answer is he does not have the skill set to me to play safety. Aaron Williams did. The reason why Aaron Williams was moved to safety was because he didn't have the kind of hips and quick twitch that you needed at corner, and he fit much better as straight line, tackler, physical player at safety. It was really more of what he was. This is the opposite with Elam. Elam's a corner. He's not yeah. a safety. He is an athletic guy. He's longer. He's not running. Think about, Nick, the safeties they have on this team. Okay, Micah Hyde, Jordan Poyer, Damar Hamlin. Cam, these are Cam Lewis. These are physical straighter line guys who can do a lot of things. They're super athletic. That's not Kyer Elam. So, Joe, I just don't see it happening. I think all the things Elam seemingly struggles with are the things he'd be asked to do even more of if they moved yep. him to safety. Like, I I don't yep. I don't anticipate they'll move anybody to safety from corner, but if they were going to, I think he might be, like, last on my list for the guys that they would do it with. Hope that answered your question, Nick. Let's go to Gary in Fredonia. Hi, Gary. Hi, Sal. I'm surprised that you guys haven't mentioned this, but the when if you go watch the play again, the receiver for Pittsburgh signaled which way he was going to turn right before the play started with his left hand. He signaled the quarterback. You watch it. So uh, I think that's why Elam knew exactly hmm. you know, what was going to happen. I don't think I knew this. I didn't bring it up because I didn't know it. Joe, did you know this? I did not know this. Uh Okay. Yeah, watch it. It's unbelievable. It's just so, you know, I couldn't believe it when I saw it. When I'm watching it now. When did he point? He, he moved his left hand back. Watch it. Okay. I mean, I'm we'll watching watch it. it. I, don't I, think, know. I think he's just pumping his arms to run, if you're asking me. Oh, but I, No, I don't think so. No. Uh-uh. You talking about before the play and the snap or during when he, after the snap? No, before the snap. I think we're working real hard to try to not give him credit for that play. If if we're saying that Deontay Johnson is giving away with his left arm that where he's going, I don't I don't see that happening. Well, why is he moving yeah. his left arm? For what reason? He's running. You know, he hasn't the play hasn't even started yet. Oh, you're saying before the snap? That's he's what saying I was before the okay. snap. He's saying before the snap. But I don't have it going back. But the the the. The video I have doesn't go as far back. He's standing at the line of scrimmage. I, the only video I have is the snap. I'm gonna here, here, Gary. There's what we'll do. I'll take a look at it when I get a chance. I don't know. It's possible. Yeah. Maybe he could have been signaling something else. But you're right. But I also would love to give Kyrie Elam credit if you notice that. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, of course. But yeah, you know, but it, I'll check it out though. Thanks, and and we'll look at it. I, I just don't have my my the video I'm looking at of it right now just starts after the ball was snapped and it's already in. Uh, Mason Rudolph's hand, but you know we'll see. Maybe maybe that that happened. Let's go to Jeff in Buffalo. Hi, Jeff. Hey guys, uh, thanks for taking my call. Mm-hmm. Um, on that Elam thing, you know, you guys know football. Um, the dude turned around, the ball ended up in his lap. Um, yeah. As far as far as uh, he did, and like I said this earlier, but I give him credit. But like, when that happens, sometimes it's not easy to hold on, especially when you're a DB and you're not a receiver used to that. You know what I mean? Yep, a play's a play. Um, yep. But anyway, um, if I could real quick on, a, on the Elam thing, you know, we got this new defensive back coach, and ever since he came in, even in the first training camp, he was holding, he was grabbing, he was grabbing at jerseys, he'd grab you. 
And I mean, the receivers even, I mean, you know, I know Diggs had words with him, and I think some of the other players might have even had words with him, his cornerback coach, uh, and he was grabbing. I say throw a pair of mittens on this guy and, uh, you know, uh, teach him how to play zone without grabbing. Um, I think he's a, a tremendous athlete. Again, when they drafted him, I was like, oh, man, they're just reaching for a corner now because they were all gone already. But at the same time, um, you know, he doesn't fit our system. But, you know, again, young player, maybe two, three years into it, he gets it. And, um, yeah, I don't see giving up on him. And if I could real quick, you guys talked about Cam Lewis, um, you know, with the departures of of our safeties or or coming to be with Hyde even and uh, maybe Poyer. Um, I really, I really like Cam Lewis. I think his development over the last couple of years is like from, you know, D to A. I mean, if you watch this guy, and even in, in camp this year, I mean, uh, you could tell the Bills were going to use him because, you know, he was getting reps and, and he was, you know, he was doing things when he was on the field and he's a good run stopper. And, you know, just a little shout out to Cam Lewis. Hopefully, uh, hopefully uh, keeps, mm-hmm. keeps, keeps on the ascent. But yeah, that's it on Elam. I think he's a great player. Put a pair of mittens on him and teach him how to play zone. <laughs> I'll, I'll let I'll let Joe take that. I want to say first, Jeff. I thought I was the number one Cam Lewis fan in Buffalo. I think you hmm. might be the number one. I am. I'm a big Cam Lewis fan. You guys know that. I I think this kid has played. Mm-hmm. Just he he has he has earned every single inch of what he has got in this league. And he's now a better player than he was. He much better player now. He's taken leaps, and he's been in the league now five years. I think what nineteen twenty one two three. This yeah. will be a sixth year for Cam Lewis. But I agree with you. I'd love to see them keep him. I think he could start on this team at safety. We'll see where that goes. I, was, I don't think last year was as much as the. Uh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. But the the yeah. grabbing stuff was it? Not as much. I mean, that is. I think a little bit of what he is. That doesn't, yeah. by the way, have to be a. Bad. I mean, it can be a bad thing. You don't want it to happen too much, but I mean, the Seahawks built a, a an elite defensive secondary with Richard Sherman and Browner and those guys, and they were grabbing on every play. The refs are only going to call it so often. I don't want to say it's not a big deal at all because you don't. The Deontay Johnson play before the pick was a penalty that he was grabbing on. Um, but I don't know that it has to be like a, a sink or swim thing for a player that he's a little bit grabby. Some there are physical corners in the league that get called more than others, and for him, it doesn't actually even come to fruition a lot that he gets called as much as you think. But by the way, in Lewis, I was just going to yeah. ask you that, but you kind of said it. Like, like how likely is it they just bring back their depth guys in Taylor Rapp and Cam Lewis and say we'll be fine if we elevate these guys into more important positions at really cheap contracts? I think it's very possible. I don't think DeMar Hamlin starts, and I don't right. think you want that. He's not, to me, a starting-level safety, but he's under contract, and he'll be a depth piece. But I think the other two can start, and that might be what you're looking at. Maybe not. Maybe they get somebody else, and that might frighten a lot of people and go, I don't want Taylor Rapp and Cam Lewis starting. I just think Taylor Rapp played a lot better as the season went on when they had him in a bit of a different role and not having to really about the run as much and more of the pass. And then I think Cam Lewis is just a guy that he can play. And he's physical, and he understands the defense. He's been here long enough. I think it's very possible. Uh, my friend and longtime Western New York official, Al Fuller, texted me and said that he thinks Deontay Johnson was probably just doing what receivers are supposed to do, and Kadarius Tony didn't do. Oh, Ask the referee if he's he, on the line. When he points at the, the ref at the line? <laughs> yes. That's probably yes. right. That's got to be right. That's probably what he did. Thank you, Al. I appreciate that. All right, we'll take a time out. I want to get to uh, what Elliot Friedman wrote about the Sabres and how it can be interpreted, and then we're going to have... Thad Brown from Rochester join us 
at 11 o'clock here on the Extra Point Show. Hope you're enjoying. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models. Like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did. On your Thursday here on WGR. Joe, did you read Elliot Friedman's 32 Thoughts, Sportsnet? I saw it referenced. I did not actually read it word for word, though. Okay, 13, he says. His 13th thought out of 32 thoughts. I'm going to read this to you. Okay, I got it here. Buffalo's got a lot of good prospects, a really talented group not yet in the NHL. Over the next few months, it's very possible some will be used to get what the Sabres need. There's not room for all of them, and teams always wrestle with when someone outgrows the AHL. I'm very curious to see which young Sabres get a look over the next little while. I also expect Eric Johnson moves. That's a no-brainer for a contender. All right, so two things here. Number one, he's saying Eric Johnson's going to get moved. A contender's going to get him. We can talk about that. It sounds like maybe Elliot Friedman is clued in on here that the Sabres and Kevin Adams are going to be looking to move prospects for players sometime in the next few months, off-season, trade deadline, whatever. That's what I hope. I hope that he recognize, he I hope that he has been told or has some reason to believe that's the way Kevin Adams is thinking. I also think it's possible he's done what a lot of us have done and just kind of, well, let me look at the Sabres today. And then looks at their depth chart, mm-hmm. looks at their prospect pool and goes, wait a minute, all these guys are not making the team. And then just puts two and two together, and he writes down that on his 32 thoughts, something that we've already thought. I'm hoping it's the former, because it is far past time to me to have a trade like that for this team. We could talk about some of those players. Uh, we're going to have Thad Brown, and speaking of prospects, he's in Rochester. That's where the Amherst are. We'll concentrate most on football. I do want to ask him about the Amherst, though, and their season and what's going on as our attention kind of shifts towards some of these guys and what might happen. We'll do that. Thad Brown from WROC-TV in Rochester joins us next here on the Extra Point Show on WGR. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island. Jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. 
Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them, with more coming in. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future in vehicles, and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified, diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you, a hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyond zero. Toyota, let's go places.